Hello and welcome to another episode of the Who's Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's episode, we're going to be looking at Once Upon Time. Not Once Upon a Time, I think, as I might have called it last week, actually. How many other people got caught out like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Once Upon Time. Uh, so obviously we'll be covering that. We'll be doing the... Um, some some more listener feedback. Uh, we have the dreaded stats and a little bit of news as well. So there's a, a few things to get through as usual. Um, but first things first, we're going to be talking about Once Upon Time. But before we begin, let's have a little listen to the trailer. On my command. I spent my life walking into new places and weighing things up fast. You don't put yourself and your friends in the midst of a time storm unless there's no alternative. What is that? I can't hold on to everything. I will not let them die. What do you want? To reign in hell. We've come to reclaim what you took. You shall not have this! Righto, so it's my turn to kick off proceedings this week isn't it it is it is it is it is okay um well i, I think it's i think I, I want to sort of start off saying the on upon the first viewing of this i got to the end of it and i thought what the hell did i just watch <laughs> I, I i i had no clue what the hell was going on um yeah i was completely bamboozled by it um not to say I didn't enjoy it because I did. Um, yeah, I, I I just found it. Whoa, you know what's going on. So I I've watched it a second time, and yeah, it's another episode that raises a load more questions for me. Uh, doesn't hasn't still hasn't provided a lot of answers, and we're halfway no. through the series. Um, I know. Yeah, well, we, I mean. I do, it sort of solved that. At least, I, at least we haven't gone f- completely. Now you did wonder after the first episode whether we was then going to get into the formula of there'd be a story and then the other bits would all be played around it. No, because we've gone again now. There's no central story to this episode. No, no. Um, you could almost cut away and leave as a standalone episode. There is nothing standalone in this at all. No, nothing at all. Nothing at all. And. Um... I, one of the sort of things that did occur to me, I know we'll, we'll start talking about it properly soon, but so one of the things that did occur to me, if if there are any non-fans out there who just tuned in to watch this, there would be none the wiser what the hell's going on. No. Yeah, if you... Yeah, well, well then, there's quite a lot of fans out there, me included, that tune in to watch this, and I'm not, not sure what's going on. I yeah, I know. I know exactly. Um, I mean, if anyone had tuned in and, and and weren't aware of the Fugitive Doctor, so if they saw Joe Martin's, supposing they turned on that particular moment when they saw Joe Martin's reflection, looking yeah. back at Jodie Whittaker, uh, I thought, what the what what's going on? You know, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. So again, it, it's mm, yeah, it's callbacks to stuff you you have to know. Really, you can't just jump yeah. into this um, this story. I don't think I say this particular episode, but I don't think you can jump into this series, Doctor, the, you know, Doctor Who Flux at all. Um, I'm sort of reached that that conclusion halfway through. 
uh, I think you have to be a Doctor Who fan to watch this. Yeah. And and know what's gone before to to fully understand what's happening. So, yeah, but as I say, it's not to say I didn't enjoy it. I mean, there's a, a few little surprises in there. I mean, I knew from the trailer for, that we saw last week that the Cybermen were going to be in it, but not the Daleks. No. Uh, so yeah, that, that was a... a yeah, that was a nice little, nice little surprise. Uh, and it has been remarked though by people that did they not know how to um, animate the Daleks? Because the I don't know if you noticed, and I didn't notice until second watch. Actually, it was when the Daleks were turning their heads. It wasn't just the dome that was moving; it was the whole sort of the shoulder slats were moving with it as well. So unless this right. is like an updated version of the Daleks now, I, I, I honestly don't know. Um, I didn't care really. No, <laughs> I didn't. I think, I think some people losing their losing their minds over it a little bit. I, I couldn't care less to be honest. But it was just a nice little, nice little surprise actually, and it introduced yeah. the character of Bell. And again, I thought another new character, another one. Well, I mean, you did, you did sort of think after we said last week about the, you know, is, are we going to actually have a proper response to the cl- the cliffhanger of last week mm, whereas yeah. we didn't really get last time it suddenly starts completely diff- somewhere completely different you're thinking hmm are we now going to have a totally different story I was beginning you know? to think and you wouldn't see the resolution to last week until at least like the end of this episode for arguments yeah. so I thought are we going down that road or we'd still be at the same cliffhanger again you know yeah yeah, as it's just, but no, no, it did actually bring us back to the back to, to yeah, back to the previous yeah, yeah, exactly. So before we sort of talk about it, what what were your initial reactions to it? Um, just the yeah, it it it's it's not answering questions; it's just throwing more at you. Yeah, and it's gonna have to. Well, you say it's gonna have to work hard to answer them all, but. To a certain extent, the 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 resolution of the temple was quite a all right. That's happened then. Mm. So I hope all the other resolutions to the problems aren't going to be that. <laughs> no, I I I I hope not as well. Actually, <laughs> I hope not as well. Um, yeah. So there's more characters. This is more more questions thrown open. Uh, to everybody, there's. You sort of find at the end that the Doctor's responsible for what's happening. Um, and the more this goes on, the more it makes me think that this uh, is this whole Doctor Who flux is just going to be a, a big reset button, really. So when yeah. RTD takes over, they, they, are re- they really are going to start, you know, new universe, new Doctor, um, or could be a completely different Doctor. We, we, we don't know where this is. I've got a funny thing, this is where this is heading. Um, right. at the moment, but, you know, more than happy to be proven wrong on, on, on that front. Um, we still don't really know why, what the importance of, of Dan is as well. Why, you know, we don't, we, you know, we know they've, uh, the Swarm has captured Diane and has been held yeah. in, in uh, Passenger. We don't know why she was selected, what's so important about Dan, so I'm assuming this has got to play into the whole Flux thing uh, as well, but um, yeah, uh, I mean, I suppose it's what I did. What I, one of the things I did like about it was the 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 core cast of actors playing different characters. Yeah, 
in this. I thought that that was quite quite well done because you, you, again, that's what sort of threw you off the sense somewhat. What 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 is going on? Why are we seeing Yaz as say Vinder's commanding officer? Yeah, they're all what, sort of see, seeing the the rest of the TARDIS crew as yeah people for, taking the roles of people in their past. Yeah. Which I thought was nicely done, and considering you know they they filmed this during lockdown, so yeah. obviously you've got a smaller cast of, uh, of of actors involved anyway. So I thought it was it was, I thought it was a nice way to address that. You can't have you know dragging too many people into this production, so just use your same your same core cast of actors, which I thought was yeah. you know pretty well thought out actually. Um, yeah. So getting back to to Bell then. So again, it, it it sort of it wasn't until the end you sort of well, what is her part in all of this? Where where is this? Where is this leading? Who is she trying to find? Then you find out it's you know spoilers. It's it's Vinda. Yeah. Was there part of you that thought she's looking for the Doctor? Because everything seems to this sort of thing usually centres around the Doctor. That was looking for the Doctor. Um, no, actually, I actually you didn't did think it was probably Vinda. Actually, oh right, reason. no, I don't know. Oh no! I immediately thought the doctor. Huh? Maybe I've just been a bit too literal <laughs> with everything again. Um, but I thought it was, it was quite nicely done. I mean, the only thing that sort of um, one thing that did look good when she stumbled across the uh, that massive army of Cybermen, which yeah. looked you know really impressive. Only to be very disappointed when that she actually sort of come up against them very easily dispatched as well. Uh, which I just thought, oh, that's a bit, a bit rubbish, really. So you know, there wasn't much of a fight happening there. But then, well, um, you, you, the you, thing about that was the fact that when they broke the door down, they was almost behind the door, and yet they still had to come a long way down the corridor for her to kill loads of them. I know. Yeah, it just, that that bit just didn't really didn't work for me at all. I know it's right. a nice little action scene, but it just didn't really work. What I did like though was the little conversation you had with the dying Sovman afterwards. Hmm. Actually, I thought that was quite um, that was that was quite good. Uh, nice yeah. to see Nick Briggs back as the voice of the Sovman as well. But again, they weren't you know, they introduced and then easily dispatched again. Uh, I, I'm sort of getting a bit sort of tired of seeing that now. Really, I just want to see something different done with the song and not turned into uh, Time Lord hybrids either. So. No. Um, so that, that yeah, that, yeah, yeah. At least that, so that, far, we've avoided that, haven't we? Are we going to yeah. get that at some point? Though is the question, I suppose. But... Yeah. Um, now, there has been some sort of theories going around because um, we, we find out that Bell is carrying Vinder's. Charles, basically. Yes. Um, if you want to sort of word it like that. So it can't just be that. There's got to be something more to this. And certain people are saying that it's probably, we'll probably find out, of, you know, people just love chucking theories out there. You know, we'll probably find out that the child is the timeless child, i.e. the doctor. So I don't know if, if there's anything in that. I hope it's not as... It's nothing like that at all. I really do hope it no, isn't. I, I hope it. I, I hope it is. They just. It'd be a nice happy ending for the pair of them. They find each other. They have their baby. End of the story, and yeah. that's it. I hope that that's the way it's going to go. Um, but you, you never know. I hope it's not as obvious as their child being the doctor. We've we've done that already with with Amy and Rory 
with River yeah. Song. Sure, we don't need to revisit that again because that didn't work either. <laughs> no, that really. No, didn't. My, my my only thoughts about that and the baby was was she actually when she was communicating with the I don't know is it Tamagotchi sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. Was that actually the baby she's communicating with? I I took it to be that. Yes, yeah. it wasn't sort of you know it wasn't spelt out for, her, but I did I did take it. That it was the baby, her unborn child that she was speaking to. Yeah, yeah. As you say, the the the, the uh, was it Tamagotchi? But, uh... Yeah, and that's that. That was really the only thing I took on that as as, as the connection with the baby. I didn't really think, oh, is this is going to be obviously was yeah going to be the the, the doctor. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I... yeah. Well, it remains to be seen. We've got three episodes left yet, Paul. <laughs> we could be. Yeah. I could be proven right or or. And disappointed at the same time. Um, So we get another appearance of Joseph Williamson uh, this week. And who appears to be going madder on each episode you you see him. But he's now running around with a a sort of a a blaster or or laser pistol, we want to call it. He's Joseph Williamson's space trooper. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yeah, I thought that was a little bit odd. Um, I thought the... What was it the I'm colorblind, so you could correct me on this. The the purple or blue, um, the mites as he called them. Yeah, floating I saw around. them as blue. Yeah, I, I saw them as blue as well, actually. But yeah, so um, I, I I like to hedge my bets when it comes to colors. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I I hate being picky about effects, but I did thought it looked a little bit ropey. If I'm honest, as did the I'll come on to that in a minute. The the time storm thing. Another character introduced this week was the Grand Serpent, uh, played by Craig Parkinson. I begin to wonder if, if is this a one-off or is he going to play more of a a role in future episodes? Uh, I thought nicely threatening as well. Yeah, actually, I don't. I've, I've, I've quite. I'd like. I'd like to see more um, of that character. But whether we will or not, that's just that's just wrapped up Vinder's sort of backstory, and he's done. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, know if it was just the hair. It just reminded me of Russell Kane. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Yes, yes. Do you know what though? The way, the way he was dressed and the gloves, I thought this was another iteration of Swarm. Yeah. I I don't think it is. No, because the timeline wouldn't be. I wouldn't have thought it was right. No, no, exactly. But yeah, I, I'm I'm open to suggestion on that one. I really am. Just the way he was behaving, it was the clothes, the gloves, etc. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it made me made me think actually. Um, but of course, we're talking about Swarm. We get Old Swarm this week as well. Yeah, um, which yeah, I mean, it, it worked. It worked okay in the past, but obviously that brings us back to Joe Martin as the Fugitive Doctor, and we sort of see that this this is the it's sort of like oh, it was my my final mission kind of thing uh, before she's yeah. released from or supposedly released from division. Yeah, I mean she didn't play a massive part because it kept flicking back to Jodie Whittaker in the in the darker hoodie, which I, I quite like the outfit for that. that yeah. It's better actually uh, the darker hoodie. Um, yeah, I mean it was it was no, good to no, see thought, Joe Martin again. You know, I thought I thought that I thought that worked rather well actually. Yeah, I would have liked to have actually, yeah, seen a bit more of us, but whether we will or not, I don't know. I presume we will. Well, 
I think we we got this thing there. We know that the doctor said loads of previous regenerations prior to to Hartnell, um, as yeah. we as we understand it. So I was just sort of thinking, why? Okay, you bring back Joe Martin, great everyone. You know, it, people who've watched Doctor Who the last series will know who Joe Martin is and what the relevance is. You know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But I was just thinking, well, what if they just sort of dropped in another regeneration of the Doctor in there? I, that I mean. Okay, it would have introduced yet another character to a certain yeah. degree, um, but again, that would have just sort of thrown sort of fans off off the off the off the scent, but put them on the back foot a little bit, you know, just like, oh, another regeneration. Where where does this one fit in? Yeah, no, no, I, I, think, that, I think that works. I think that was good. What what sort of started to bother me about the whole? This is obviously a pre-Hartnell Doctor. Hmm. That it's a pre-Hartnell doctor that's travelling with Carvanista. So how old? <laughs> how old is Carvanista? Yeah. Well, Especially in dog years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I, I'm assuming because of the whole time travel thing that, you know, 13 can go back in time. But I, I don't know. How, how does that play out in in now? Are, are the... the are the Lupari time yeah. travellers? I'm assuming that because they're not time lords, are they? So they're working no. for. I'm assuming that the the division now is a is a a conglomerate of different species. It's not, but run by the time lords. It is a federation. Yes. Yes, where's Serverland when you need her? <laughs> yeah, but no, it was it was good to, to you know to see her again. Yeah. No, no, and I, th- it, I thought that was good, and I think yeah, this is all obviously. Telling us that we are going to get some sort of resolution to, yeah. to her and where she fits into the whole, yeah, system. Yeah, that's it. Um, now, obviously, one thing we haven't talked about is the Weeping Angels. Now, they sort of popped in and out of this episode, didn't they? Which means they yeah. must play a much bigger part in this whole story arc. And I, I don't think they're the villain. Yeah. Well, next week's from the trailer looks like that's going to be their. This is their story. episode, yeah, 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 and we may find out more about where they fit in. Yeah, there's it. Uh, is it next week's Village of Angel, Village of the Angels? Is it called or something yeah. or something like that? Yeah, we we'll, yeah. we'll put an A in there because we like to put an A in. We like to put an A in there. We do, don't we? We like to just sort of mix <laughs> things up a little bit. <laughs> It'll yeah, give you a rough approximation of the title, so don't worry. It would do. It would do. Um. <laughs> so, I mean, I like the um, the angel coming out out of the the television while while, while um, Yaz is playing up um, a computer yeah. sort of a console console going first person shooter. I like I quite like that um, with her sister, which was um, sort of not, not a nice sort of thing. But I like the fact that it sort of it wasn't her house though. So things whatever the doctor was trying to yeah. do was wasn't quite working. Um, also, the, the little flat definitely, yeah, not yeah. not letting her do exactly what she wants. They're What's still to they're do? trying to get their own. They've got their own agenda. Yeah, exactly. Now, whether that's for good, for good or ill, we 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 we're none the wiser at the moment. No. But I think there's there's more to it um, than meets the eye. Um, and again, sort of Yaz back as a, as a police officer, um, and that also thing with Jodie Whittaker playing her partner. As well in in the car, I thought was quite you know sort of yeah. that little thing about Satsumas. Um, again, it was just good to see Joe Joe Twizzica getting something different to do other than just playing the Doctor. Um, yeah, 
and obviously she was. I mean, really, she was playing the fugitive doctor as well during this. Yeah. You know, so um, I, th- I thought Jodie Whittaker was really good in this. Actually, I, I was, I was really, really, um, sort of re- really what sort of went for her performance. I really did. So. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, so yeah, Weeping Angels, that's good. Um, I know we we I know we're skipping all around the place here, but as we're talking about the Angels, they've now got control of a TARDIS thanks to Yaz's mobile phone. Um, and again, a nice little callback to oh, I can I can never remember the name of the the um, the, the story. Was it uh, what was the the two part Weeping Angels story from series five? Matt Smith's first series because it, yeah. it was yeah it was that basically sort of the image of an angel. Becomes an angel, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I like they they return to that again as well. But interestingly, not too all the way through it, the angel didn't appear to be trying to send Yaz back at all. No, they yeah, they yeah, they obviously there is a and it and it goes right at the end. Obviously, goes to the the, for the to try to take control of the TARDIS rather than to go for them. Yeah. And it's more important so, to take the control of the TARDIS with, with them in it rather than sending them yeah. away, then steal the TARDIS. Yeah, so th- yeah. I, I, that's what makes me think there's more to this than meets the eye. There yeah. really is. There really is. Um, I like the little reveal of what of what the um, passenger is as well. It's sort of holding yeah. all these sort of... Um, what can you put it? Oh, holding the souls of people? I don't know what you, how to describe yeah, how it. You, yeah, how you... What they are. It's... But yeah, I did Slight, like slightly an organic version of the uh, Genesis device. In yes, the, 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 the yeah, the Time Lord prison ship. Yes, yeah, yeah, it is. No, no, yeah, but I, I didn't think of that actually. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, I've just I've just looking at the cast list and I've noticed yeah. that the passenger was played by Johnny Maffers. and I thought if in Johnny Maffers he could have sung when a timeless child is born. <laughs> Oh dear, that that that'll be played soon. It's getting near to Christmas, isn't it? That'll be, that'll be... <laughs> when a child is born. Oh god, you get that little when a child grows up. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um. So before we get right to the sort of the the the, the other additional character that we, we that's yes. introduced. Um. We've got the all the stuff going on on the Temple of Atropos and the and the the um, now is it more the Maori? It's it's, it's spelled Maori, but it's, it's pronounced Maori, isn't it? Maury. Yeah. Um, I'm this was the bit that didn't make any sense, and I thought probably worked the least well in this particular story. Um, because I thought that the whole thing of the Doctor just sort of floating around in this time storm, it wasn't but very well realised for me. Anyway, I just thought it looked a bit a bit off, really. Um, the Maori, I'm still not entirely, at this stage anyway, what is their role? How do they control time? Why do they have to be placed in this temple? What is the, what does the planet time do as well? Why and also why does the swarm and Azure? Why is this now a battle between space and time? Yeah, as well. So I'm not entirely. I wasn't entirely convinced by that aspect of this particular episode. If I'm if I'm being honest. Well, it was cool. Like, who are the Mori and why didn't they become time lords? 
Yeah. As if there was a race that was going to control time, then, and be the guardians of time, then surely they were it. Yeah, exactly. Now, obviously, we get the puff to last week. The Doctor says, I've never heard of a planet called time. So now we know because her memory's been wiped, but the, a previous yeah. incarnation, I, the Fugitive Doctor was there and, and saved it kind of thing. Um, yeah, so I, I just wasn't in, entirely convinced by that. And also, what was the Doctor doing to put Dan, Vinda and Yaz in their own separate time series? What was she doing to protect them? I couldn't quite figure out what, how she was doing that and also interacting with her own past in the time storm as yeah. well. Well, I suppose the idea of putting them in their own time stream was it would be harder for somebody looking for an anom- looking, anomaly yeah. in time to see yeah. them because they'd be where they were anyway. Yeah, I understand the, the reasons why, but how was she doing it? How, how what, what power did the Doctor have now to be able to do it just by... As you say, you got the the payoff to last the last week's cliffhanger. She jumped into one of the spots where the where the Maori was. Yeah. Um, well, well, she does say she does say she's being helped by the Maori to put them into their own time. So, are the Maori able to control time to a certain extent, which is why they're in charge of the planet? But, but how, I'm still not. I was, yeah. How? But, what, but, why, but, but what, why? What's the significance? They are this powerful of a race yeah. are. Are they not? Do they not become the time lords and not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that's. I mean, I'm assuming we'll find out more as we as we go through. Because I, I don't think we're done on this planet yet. I yeah. really don't. Because considering that the doctors now can have to un- undo what she's done by, you know, she's responsible for the flux. Actually, the flux hasn't really been. Wasn't really didn't really feature well, this week, did it? So much. You well, got the. It's not that. It's not that. I don't think it was said that she was responsible for the flux. As just the flux was created, something to do with her. Now, whether it was created to try and destroy her or, I don't know. But now, but now you've got this because this thing does seem to be rampaging through. Doesn't always what we can go when when Vinda went back to his home planet. It wasn't destroyed by the flux at all. Um, you know, like we saw in the first episode, it was just devouring planets, wasn't it? Yeah. So that this time, it, obviously, it laid waste to cities and, and and people and everything. But was yeah. So is someone controlling it to to do less damage, or was it these sort of blue mites that well, are going around we're... wiping out people? I mean, which we've seen happen. We saw because we saw. Yeah. Um, Bill witnessed that happen. So, and what? And what? Why? You know what? Again, how have the Dalek Cybermen and the Sontarans now appear to have split the universe up into thirds? That and it's just basically just left them to fight it out. So there's well, nothing I suppose, left. I suppose if you take out quite a lot of the the universe, you'd, you'd probably say that yeah, they're the three hardest. Uh, to kill species to kill, mm. so there is a fair chance that they would end up being the the last three species alive in, in any well, sense, I'm, any any uh, strength, so to speak. Well, I'm I'm assuming then it's all to do with the fact that they've got some rudimentary sort of time travel capability, haven't they? So, is that how they've avoided total destruction, or is it only certain part of the? 
it says that the, the, gal- you know, the universe is going to end. Is that because of the flux? Is this something that Swarmer and Azure have still got up their sleeve? You, you know, I yeah. think there's, that's what I mean. There's still, there's still a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah. That I don't, I, I've got a sneaking suspicion that we're not going to get the answers to these at the end of this series. I think we're going to have to wait to the specials for, for everything to be answered, if at all. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. It depends on how he wants to do the specials. Yeah. He may just want yeah. to do the specials as some old fashioned Doctor Who, just to end on that rather than. And this, this is his big thing, and then. Yeah. That. Yeah, maybe. Go back to, maybe. A, to a simpler story, so to think. Yes. Now, but, um, yeah. We've, the one we've, thing, we've come to one the person. Main... Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, now, she wasn't named in the um, in the show itself, but the cast list uh, says the character's name is Orsock. Now, I don't know if that's an anagram or something, but played by Barbara Flynn. Now, when I saw her, I thought, oh, it's Cracker's wife. Um, so... <laughs> So, but I mean, um, that was a surprise. I had no idea she was going to be in it. It wasn't even announced she was she was going to be a guest, um, no, a sort of guest artiste. Um, so that that was a, that was a genuine surprise. Uh, but who is she? And she seems to be the one that's laying the table, so to speak, doesn't she? I mean, there's a sense that you know, did she start the the flux? Because she says that wasn't that isn't a random occurrence. No. Well, that's why I thought she... It's not I, a natural I, occurrence. As I say, I, I've watched it twice. And I could have sworn she was the one who, who announced that it was the the Doctor made it happen. Really, yeah. by, by by bringing back the Maury uh, the, you know, to get him out of the, her predicament. So, so yeah, but everyone sort of... And the way she sort of made the Doctor, you can go now and just sort of flick at the wrist and she was Doctor was gone. Yeah. So it's obviously and, and, also, sort of, and also, she seems to have had a hand in... Swarm and Azure coming back. Yes. You almost feel that did she act, was she the one that actually released him? Is it something that she did that actually allowed him to escape? Yeah. Because she wants him in to in play, so to speak. Yeah. Because she says about, you know, they're just good to 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 have to, to have rise. So it sounds like that she's the one that's at least behind their their escape from mm. whatever was done. I'd- now, have you have you seen some of the theories about who this might be? And I, I, what the big one is that it's the White Guardian. Yeah, that's that's sort of the one that I've seen, and the one that actually you sort of think, well, actually that could make a lot of sense. It could do. Um, do, do you think he would bring back a character we haven't seen since what? Uh, when was the last time we saw the White Guardian? Poor. What was that Peter Davison story on on the sailing ships in space? Um, I've got a complete blank of what the episode is. Yeah, so have I. But oh yeah, and we we know the one. Enlightenment. We? There we are. Enlightenment. There we yeah. are. I'll become enlightened. There, Paul. There we are. Um, yeah. yeah. So, did you think he would bring back a character from that we haven't seen for that many years? Again, it's something that only old school Doctor Who fans are gonna recognise. Uh, yes. To be honest, I think. I think... <laughs> I think he's probably quite capable of doing that, especially as he knows this is his part of his swan song, so to speak. Yeah, I think I think yeah, there is a case that he could do that. I mean, even even though the character is named as as Orsock, um, well, yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, where that comes from 
in terms of them actually naming it, I don't know because we, yeah. But it did seem to be, you know, that would be that a person would have that to have the sort of power that was being intimated, yeah, by that character being a guardian, whether that be white or black, would be um, most likely or possible. So it's all getting the impression now that it's it's. Barbara Flynn's character, or Sock, White Garden, whatever what we're going to call her, um, sort of appears to be sort of pulling the strings to a certain degree, doesn't she? Yeah. So, yeah, they, they just keeps piling on the the you know the the mysteries in yeah. this, you know. Which, um, as I said, it it you know it it wasn't the greatest episode. I think after the, uh, I was comparing it to the the. the the first two episodes, I think this sort of what it didn't really hit all the notes for me, but I I still enjoyed it. It was a group of clever ideas. Hmm. Now whether that makes this this will only be a good episode if the resolution of this is very is good. This will only stand as as the only way you're going to watch this episode again is if you sit down to watch all six. Yeah, it, there is never a, a point if, where you're going to dip. You're going to be sitting there on a cold, rainy Sunday afternoon and think, "Oh, what can I watch? What can I get out of my DVD collection and watch?" Mm. It is not going to be this episode on its own. No, it's not. It's not. Um, so it's that whole yeah. It's that whole thing. You're waiting for the payoff. Which okay, it's it's put a bit of background to some of the characters there, but then yeah. at the same time, it hasn't. Really, because the only you know, so the only character really did do that for was Vinda. Yeah, but that's fine. I mean, yeah, just do one character at a time. That's yeah, that's fine. I mean, to be honest, it does make me feel that this is a fairly old school Doctor Who serial of six parts. Yes, no, I agree. I agree, and I'm obviously going to be drawn to liking that. Yeah, (laughs) it's inbuilt in me, and I can't. I can't not. I can't criticise that. <laughs> no, and I think so, I think it's what I think it's what we said um, right at the very beginning of this series is: would this play to Chris Chibnall's writing strengths? And I think on the base of what I've seen so far, I'm going to say yes, it does. I don't think he's very good at the episodic, you know, nature of the first two series that he did. Yeah. I think this is. To my mind, anyway, and there's going to be plenty of people that are going to disagree. But to my mind, I think this this works. I think it's working so far. I think I'm in, I'm enjoying it, and I think for that's really good for, to, to hear myself say. Really, I'm yeah. enjoying Doctor Who. I mean, it may be the case that Chris Chibnall is, is a better mystery writer than he is science mystery writer. Yes. Yeah, and... I do get that impression. Maybe that's and why Torchwood was uh, not Torchwood. Um, Broadchurch was so good. Yeah, and this is yeah because there was the sense of the twists and turns, and you're not sure what was going on and who's who and what. Yeah, and and this is very much what he's bringing to this three episodes so far. Yeah, exactly. And I think you know, some people are, are, are never ever going to give Chibnall a chance. The people are never ever going to give Jodie Whittaker a chance. They've just turned off, and that's fine because I must admit I. I did that myself, actually, you know, really with um, sort of Colin Baker and Svesta McCoy. I didn't really watch it. I, you know, I wasn't watching it each week as I as I always had done previously. But that's yeah. fine. I think a lot of people do just disconnect with the show and then, and then return 
to it again. You know, there's a new doctor or a new showrunner or something and sort of, okay, I'll give it another chance. And and then you're hooked again. You know, but for a lot of people, Jodie Whittaker is their doctor. Yeah. And for a lot of people, Chris Chibnall is their first showrunner that they're going to remember. Like my first showrunner I remember was Philip Hinchcliffe. Yeah. You know, so it, it's horses for courses. It really is. It is. I mean, yeah. I, there's, yeah, there's... I, I mean, I, I'm enjoying this, mm. and I'm glad, and I'm glad that it's done weekly, and it's not been done as a download box set for my player, because I think if you rush through this, if you had the opportunity to rush through this, I probably would, and I think mm-hmm. you might, you might get disappointed quicker than we're going to be. But <laughs> that's my way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> But, no, I, th- you know, I, th- I think you. I, I mean, think I'm you enjoying would... the journey by not knowing what's going to happen and having time between episodes to to try and piece together what I think is going to happen and not really succeeding. So, yeah, yeah, um, I yeah, I, I think that's the that's the best thing. This does really just feel. I am back to watching. This does feel like watching Doctor Who on a Saturday night when I was very young trying to work out what was happening before the next episode. Yeah, exactly. And I th- I think, you know, a good litmus test, you know, for me at the moment is is, is Scott, really, um, because he is he's permanently glued to his iPad most of the time, watching he plays Roblox or, or whatever, which has got actually got a lot of Doctor Who content. I think that's why he likes it. You can, there's little different TARDIS console rooms and you can warp around, you know, in the tiles of different places. So, um, but when Doctor Who's on, and it's the only time it leaves his hands because he's watching something until the, the iPad's still on. When Doctor yeah. Who's on, it's down, and this is keeping his interest. Yeah, which I think is great, actually. Yeah, um, and I think it's probably putting a lot of grown-ups to shame. To be honest, he's just enjoying it. Yeah. You know, he's he's just lo- he's just loving it, um, and I think the having a cliffhanger each week is helping. Yeah, you know, and he's finding you know bits scary, and he's sort of he look of shock or delight on his face as certain things happen. When he saw the Daleks when, when when he was sitting down to watch it, the look on his face it was it was brilliant. You know, because yeah. and it it probably wasn't mine as well because I wasn't expecting to see them. So it's nice to have those little surprises, and it's just great to watch a kid enjoyed Doctor Who like I enjoyed it when I was that age, when I was eight years old. Mm. You know, so it's, it's great. It really is great. But, uh, yeah, I mean, roll on next week, actually. It looks yeah. like to be a, that, a, a that good... Is, that, is yeah. the, that is the thing, isn't it? You just now just want to know. Want to know, precisely, precisely. And you, and so, you, suspect, oh, you suspect, yeah, what you want to know is who is... Barbara Finn's character, and you suspect it's not going to appear until episode six again. Six now. again, I know. <laughs> but we may have just been given a, a tantalising glimpse of, of where we're yes, going, but we're not. Indeed, indeed. So, but anyway, we enjoyed it. Um, but what did you out there in podcast land? Uh, how, how, what do you think? What did you think about it? So, um, well, we just mentioned Scott. So, Scott's going to actually jump on board the show now actually because we're going to go run over to Omega's Feedback Corner. Those who oppose the will of Omega shall not live. Yes and welcome back to Omega's Feedback Corner and once again I'm joined by Scott. Hello Scott. Hello. 
Hello. Hello. So, yes, we have a, a bumper amount of feedback uh, to read out to you this week. Uh, but first things first, we've got some late feedback received for War of the Sontarans. And we're going to start first with Bill McCann III. And Bill says... What an absolute treat to hear Scott read my feedback during Omega's Feedback Corner for episode 377. Well done, Scott. Sorry that my comments are delayed. Here in the States, I watch New Who by way of Apple TV and episodes don't drop until the middle of the night, which is around 3.30 Monday morning. My first impression of Flux Part 2 is the same as Part 1. More, please. What a great Sontaran story. A really good mix of humour and horror with no downtime. I must mention the scene at Liverpool Docks where Dan is climbing his way up to the Sontaran ship. <coughs> Without a doubt, his climb which led to the Sontaran ship revealed one of its most impressive few seconds of Doctor Who that I've seen in the new era. One last note, I do wish the BBC would always talk of those next time teasers. At the end of each episode, as they take away from the suspense of the cliffhanger with the wi- we- we've just witnessed seconds before, it's not enough that I have to stay off social media to prevent spoilers because I don't want to see new episodes until a day after they are broadcast. But now I am switching off episodes in the middle of end credits to avoid the spoilers. I mean, what's the point two months of sex? Secrecy. Secrecy. While the show is production only to nothing kept secret about what's next. I really enjoy your podcast, so keep up the good work. Thank you, Bill. (laughs) And next up, we have John Michael Lindsay with his thoughts on War of the Sontarans also. And John Michael says... If you're going to have a swan song, this is how you do it. Even though we're only two episodes in, so much of this demands a rewatch. I think my only issue with the first one was that there was so much going on about it. Strong performances all around, engaging story and great effects. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this plays out and only wish that the strength of writing had been there throughout Jodie's tenure rather than... Oh, it's a big word. Rather than just sporadically. Okay, we'll leave it there. However, um, next up we have Raymond Hyde. Now, Raymond, oh, he didn't like War of the Sontarans too much. He said... I'm sorry, it's terrible. It's all over the place. Too many things in an episode going off for you to get to know what characters are what going off. The acting to me of the main characters is terrible. They're not flowing more like rushing through the acting and trying to shout at you their lines to force the story on you either that or they are shouting at you and at you in the hope you can hear what they're saying over the god awful loud background music sorry but sharon has killed this version of doctor who bring on the new team well, ended on a bit of a downer there for the feedback for the War of the Sontarans. Uh, but now let's move on to the feedback received this week for Once Upon Time. And this week we're going to kick off with Andrea Gill. And Andrea says... Edge of the seat stuff, although I, it'll need a second watch to click properly. A lot, a lot of punch air moments for sure. Thanks, Andrea. And next we have Jeff Jeffrey Waddle, and he says... Thought it was tremendous again. So many questions, so many possible answers. What a run of episodes! Thanks, Jeff. And next up, we have Tom Greaves, and Tom writes into us with his thoughts. It was good. I thought they would bring back the stuff about the timeless child and the planet time being the Doctor's original home planet. 
Also, I also liked the larger bases on Daleks, reminiscent of the Dalek invasion of Earth. Okay, and then we act, next we have Kevin Mullen. Now, Kevin also says... It looked stunning, but it's going to take a few viewing, viewing to understand everything that was going on. This isn't criticism, but it was packed with high and end concepts and ideas. Great to see the Fugitive Doctor again. Edit. So what? So watched it twice now. A really strong story for some excellent high concept ideas. Brilliantly acted by everyone, and the direction was sublime. Loved it. Thank you, Kevin. And next up, we have Abby Peck. Now, Abby starts off with a massive pro- proclamation of... Oh, my God! It was one of the best episodes I've seen in a long time. Let's just say it was amazing to see both Doctors in my cover photo. Thank you, Abby. And next, we have Adam J. Purcell from the Staggering Stories podcast. And Adam writes in to us and says... Another roller coaster episode with them unstuck in time. I'm glad they properly resolved last episode's cliffhanger this time. The last one was a massive cop out with them suddenly being in the Crimean. By far the most interesting threads were the backstory of Judge Vinder and especially the Doctor. It confirms our suspicions, even assumptions, that this that this is all to do with the pre Hartnell time and division. Great to see the fugitive doctor again, albeit only briefly. Another storming performance by Whitaker. Wisely, there were more questions thrown in. Chiefly, who is that wind from the... From the Biderbeck affair. Texan, Texan Rassilon. Omega, or more likely, somebody entirely new. It will be fun finding out. Of that, I'm not sure. Excellent stuff. The angels have the phone box, though. I'm not sure they're villains this time. Thanks very much, Adam. And next we have a, a, a short uh, little note here from Steve Powell. And Steve says... Superb episode. Why flip can chips do this from the start? JW brilliant as ever. High concept. Cerebral FC? Cerebral. Cerebral SF. That's it. Okay, and lastly, we have Nick James with a very short and sweet bit of feedback. And Nick says... Surprisingly good, in fact, suspiciously good. Well, there you are, everybody. Thanks, everybody, who wrote in to Omega's Feedback Corner this week. Um, surprise, yeah, it's good to see. Everyone seems to be enjoying it. Um, so that's really nice to see. But we'll wait and see what our, if we get any late feedback, um, which we'll read out in next week's episode. So until next time, that's all from Omega's Feedback Corner. So bye, Scott. Bye. See you next week and back over to me and Paul. Okay, thank you, Scott. And thank everybody for uh, for writing in. Please don't forget to uh, keep sending in your feedback. But right now, it's the part of the show that nobody likes, even we don't like it. It's Omega's Stats Corner. Okay, so the overnight, or I should say the unofficial overnight figures for Once Upon Time is in, and it is 3.76 million viewers, which is, I think, it's about 200,000 down on last week. Um, now, if anyone's out there sort of thinking, oh my God, that's awful, Doctor Who's going to get cancelled. The If you now look at the seven-day consolidated figure for War of the Sontarans, I think War of the Sontarans got 3.79, didn't it? Round about that on the overnights. I think that's it's three, well, no, wasn't it sort of 3.9 or something? 
I think it was seven. I thought it was three point seven. Well, anyway, um, it's the the consolidated viewing figures is five point ten million, which makes Doctor Who the thirteenth most uh, watched program British television for the weekend, seventh of November. Um, as I say, we're not going to go into any great detail about this. We're just reporting the news. Um, that that's it. Um, I think five point ten million is is good considering. I think the um, when it went out. It did beat it did beat another program on the BBC, which was getting sort of um, which you think will we'll get more figures. I, I wish I could follow off. I think it was on the Barb Twitter feed. It was on there, um, and again, it just illustrates that you know viewing figures. This is it for viewing figures now. Yeah, it's, it, these are the kind of figures that shows expect to get. We're not going to get yeah. the ten million, you know, unless it's a real big. Um, a, event thing. Um, yeah, you know, sort of like you know, you know, sort of things like you know, the very last episode of Downton Abbey for argue, you know, to chuck that one out there. You know, it, they're, they're the sort of things that probably get the ten millions. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's really good. Now the um, the appreciation index for War of the Sontarans seventy seven. Now in the great, okay, going up. it's going up. It went up by one one percent. Um, yeah, I mean, as we said last week, it's only 5,000 people that actually bother to actually sort of take part in this. So it's yeah. not really indicative of anything, really, is it? No, and as you say, unless you're actually investing in the whole six episodes, hmm. just watching one episode that out of that, place is not going to give you much of a no, it's not, feeling is it? of satisfaction. No, it really isn't. It really isn't. So, but... Um, but hey, I mean, I think there's been more discussion, um, sort of you know, on social media about you know it's why the podcast continue to talk about stats and appreciation indexes and viewing figures and, and everything. Well, we're continuing to do so because some people like to, to hear fill. it. We've got time <laughs> to fill, as we said previously. We've got time to fill. Even saying that now is a time filler as well. Um, <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, and as I added on on a tweet I put out on our um, Who's He podcast uh, Twitter feed last week, it also annoys people. Um, so, so I shall continue to do it then. <laughs> and, if, and if there's one thing we want to do is annoy our listeners. Exactly. <laughs> oh, crikey. So that's, that's enough of stats. Um, so on to some news now. Now, um, there's not... We've only got one item of news, and unfortunately, we're just reporting on yet someone else who's passed away, um, who previously started in Doctor Who, was connected to Doctor Who. And this, I think, since Doctor Who Flux started, this has become a horrible reoccurrence in each sort of podcast at the moment. Um, and that is the actor Roy Holder, um, who played Krilper in the case of Androzani, has died at the age of 75. Now... He was very, very good in the case of Androzani, and it's a fantastic story anyway. Um, and as we all know, it's Peter Davison's last um, story uh, as the Doctor. And very, very ably directed by Graham Harper as well. So, but Roy Holder, he's just one of those sort of faces that was always on British television in the 1970s and 80s, really. And I think the thing I really knew him from was playing the character of Frank, in the Ronnie uh, Corbett sitcom, Sorry, yeah, uh, from 1981 to 1988. And he was sort of like the... He was sort of trying to be the voice of reason, wasn't he? 
to 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 Ronnie Barker, not Ronnie Barker's Ronnie uh, Corbett's Timothy Lumsden. He was always trying yeah. to get him to just leave home, Tim. Just, just go. A normal but middle-aged person. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but he was in um, a few films as well. Actually, he was in um, sort of Virgin Soldiers, Franco Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet, um, The Land That Time Forgot, um, Psychomania, which was a um, Funny enough, I think it was actually a a, a British horror movie. Uh, I think Burrow Reed was also in that as well, actually. Um, he appeared in episode Steptoe and Son, as well as a, as a photographer. Coronation Street, he was, he was in EastEnders. Um, he was also in the 2011 film War Horse um, as well. So the amount of things he's been in, um, absolutely amazing. But as I understand, he was extremely approachable um at doc two conventions as right. well and i've heard nothing but really good things um about roy holder that he, he would sort of go and have a pint with you um quite happy to sort of stand around and, and sort of chew the fat with people um so again it, it's it's like with john chalice a couple of weeks back i think he's one of those people who just sort of wished you sort of met or tried to get on the podcast i think he would have been really open to it as well so it's, um, but I, I, I just hope next week, Paul, when we get to the news, we're not going to be reporting any more deaths either. No. Actually, I really hope not. But, um, but Paul, I just just one last thing on Roy Holder. I think you will appreciate, and you'll probably look out for this next time you watch the film. He was in Murder Ahoy. He played Petty Officer Lamb. Ah, right. Yeah. So now I don't remember him being in it actually. So I'm going to have to watch that again now and. Um, because we we are big fans of the uh, Margaret Rutherford Miss Marple films, e- yeah. even though even though Agatha Christie herself wasn't. <laughs> well, but well, um, you can be wrong, can't you? <laughs> yes, you can. You can be wrong about your own creation. Yes. <laughs> oh crikey! Yeah. So there we are. There we are. So yeah, that's it for the news. That's just that's just that one sort of sad uh, sad item to 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 bring you there. Anyway. I think that just about wraps up this week, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, if there's anything else to, to talk about now. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week then um, with Village of the Angels. I think I think that's what we're calling it. We're not dropping in an A, we're dropping in a the this week. It could be Village yeah. of Angels or Village of the Angels. I cannot remember and I don't care. <laughs> we're not going gonna... to do... We're not going to be able to do this one as a title and give us a clue, are we? <laughs> we're not no, we're not, no. Oh, crikey. So anyway, I think we'll just wrap this up now then, Paul, before we get you more bamboos or buying more episode titles that, that are coming up. So for another week then, it's goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. If you don't want to miss a show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and if you have time, leave us a quick review also. You can also subscribe to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts or Amazon Music and don't forget to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 
If you want to leave us feedback, you can do this through Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast and also through the Who's He Podcast Facebook group. You can find all of these links on our website, who's hyphen he hyphen podcast.co.uk. Thank you.